Amen. Come on, give the Lord a shout before you sit down, would you? Hey, hey he's good. Amen. Oh, the Lord is so good. I don't say it near as good as Pastor Karen, but he's still so good. Amen. Can I get the media team to do me a favor and put back up uh, the currency definition you had out of Wikipedia? Jump down, just if you would, while you're sitting there reading that, read right down close to the end. So currency is a standardization, especially for people in a nation state. Faith is the currency of heaven. We live in this world, yet we're not of this world. The kingdom we're from is a kingdom we don't see currently. But faith is the currency we use to pull things from that unseen realm into the seen realm. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So I'll leave you with that thought. I'm not closing, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has either prayed for the trip we took to the Philippines or gave a book or gave money for part of a book or whatever. I think we took, I think we sent 570 books and they didn't get there when they were supposed to. And then they started showing up like two boxes at a time. And Pastor Edu, who is our contact there, he said, it's biblical. They're coming two by two. It's, it's great. So, so I said, well, whatever, as long as they get here. And so Pastor Edu said, please, Pastor, understand, I will hand deliver every one of these books and I will make sure they get to all the pastors and leaders that were at these conferences. And so that's what he's currently doing. Book, they all made it finally. And so he's currently hand delivering every one of those books across where a lot, a lot of space. I don't know how many miles he'll travel, but it'll be a lot. And so it's just an honor to be able to serve God in that capacity. So thank you very much. And they've already... Uh, I think one prayer conference broke out from a pastor reading the book and, you know, he said he just sat down and started devouring the book and then the next thing you know, they were, it was a prayer conference. And so, praise the Lord. And uh, it just, so there's stuff like that happening. The, the pastors and leaders there are so hungry and they're so passionate about God and anything you take to them, I mean, you guys know, a lot of you traveled in other nations and you know anything you take to a pastor or a leader there that doesn't have the access to stuff maybe that we have, they're so appreciative and they use it. Unlike many of us in this country, we can have a stack of stuff and never use it, right? No, no slap on anybody, I'm just saying we need to get it into perspective and be hungry and go after God, right? Go for it. And so there, those men and women are really going after God and we're seeing great things happen over there and we had a, a youth on fire 
uh, night. I think there was, they know there was over 600 youth there. That was how many they could cram in the building. But there were more youth there that couldn't get in the building that were standing outside, worshiping outside. Now look, I'm no youth pastor at all. And, I, you know, I can't, sorry, young people, I, I don't know how to relate to you. I, I try, but I'm not cool, and so whatever. I don't, you know, I don't dress cool, and I don't wear skinny jeans and drink lattes, and I, so I don't know. So, but I love God, and I love watching God invade people's life when they allow him in. And so we watched that entire room worship God with all their heart and then we know just by a, a scan across the room over 200 of those young people made a decision to follow Jesus which is tremendous and so that was some first time decisions and then some that decided you know what I'm tired of being backslid <laughs> I need to come to the Lord and so it was fantastic and then we laid hands on everything moving. When I, when I go to a place like that, I, I lay hands on everybody that wants hands laid on them. If a dog runs by, I lay my hands on him. I'm like this, you know, I'm leaving everything here. I want to get on that plane completely empty so that, you know, I want to give whatever God's put in me when I get there. So thank you for praying. There's tons of stories I could tell you, but I don't have time for all that. I, I can't right now. And uh, I'm just so grateful for this house, for Pastor Todd, Pastor Karen, Doctor, Apostle, all the things. And you, you just, you don't, I pray someday that this side of heaven, that all of us understand the impact we can make in someone's life. I don't know that we'll ever fully grab the impact we make on somebody's life. And all of you, this entire family, you've made such an impact on our life, on our church, um, we were we were in revival, and then like that went to a different level. The first time we came here was in September of 22. My wife came here 21. I don't know what year is it now. 23. I don't know. So we came here. Uh, we had gotten a video sent to us. Pastor Todd had been at uh, the Rhodes Church in North City. I'll just give you a brief. Rhodes Church people, hey, praise the Lord. Um, I'll just give you a brief thing here. Uh, and so anyway, we get a video sent to us and Pastor Sue's going on morning walks and she's watching these videos and coming home saying, hey, have you watched that video? No, I haven't watched it, I'll get to it. And so one day on a Wednesday, I sat down and watched two videos of where Pastor Todd was at the Rhodes Church and was a straight up wreck thought, what in the world? So I called Pastor Chad. Pastor Chad's on our board. I said, hey, what's going on over there? And he was just completely silent. I'm thinking, you know, cell phones. I'm like, well, I guess we got cut off. Finally, he said, I don't know, but I know it's God. So then for about 30 minutes, he started telling me what God was doing. And so we went to the Rhodes Church, Pastor Marty, that's where we first met you. You were there that night, and I watched God 
doing things with people that I've seen outside of water, but now it was like I'm seeing God do things in a place that no man would have ever dreamed up. So I knew it had to be God. And so anyway, we, long story short, we come, we come here in September. My wife said I'm going there to get a miracle. She had an 18-year injury in her neck that was getting worse and worse. And she, get, she gets in the water. Of course, I get in with her. I'm just kind of there. I'm like, I don't even know why I'm here other than her. And, of course, you know, Pastor Marty, he goes through the whole, the whole deal. And, uh, you know, what's your name? Where are you from? Why are you in the water? Do you want to hold your nose? And, you know, when you live with someone who is sick or, you know, has some kind of thing going on, you witness all of that. And I'm just telling you, we'd prayed. I'd laid hands on her. Other people had prayed and laid hands on her. We'd anointed her with oil. All of that. All of it. I'm a faith guy. I'll do it all. I'll lay hands on you until we rub all the hair off your head. I mean, I'm like, I'm going to believe God for you to be well. Amen. Or blessed or whatever. And so she said, when I heard her tell me why she wanted to come to Dawsonville for our anniversary, our 30th anniversary, praise the Lord, and she said, I want to go to Dawsonville. Really? Well, maybe somewhere else. I, you know, who knows? Anyway, she said, I said, why do you want to go to Dawsonville? She said, I'm going there to get a miracle. I said, okay. Now, that was different talk than I had heard for 18 years. For 18 years, and this is no knock on her. Her and I had this conversation. For 18 years, I'd heard this. I'm believing. Let me tell you what that will do. Cripple you as a believer. Because believing means I'm thinking it may be out there somewhere. I'm going to get means I'm going to take it because it's mine. And there, there's the difference. It's a big difference. So she gets in the water. She goes through the four questions, you know, tells him why she's there, all that. Goes under the water. And when she come up, I was like, it's done. Like I knew. I said, how's your neck? She said, it don't hurt at all. Now I'm talking about, I'm talking about everyday pain and sometimes like extreme pain, okay? And it was instant. So then he looks at me, he's like, why are you here? I was like, I don't know. I, I, you know, I just put me under. You know, it's like, do the thing. Like, and so, I, I mean, I got wrecked. I could tell there was something happened. We go home, we start four days a week of prayer because we knew like that's kind of the missing link we had going on. And so then everything changed. Come back to the pastors and leaders conference. I died right there on that piece of carpet and ruined it. I hope you replaced it. And then, you know, they're telling us, anyway, we pray, we know God's leading us to put a pool in the sanctuary. We didn't know we were going to make a hornet's nest, a pinata, and hit it with a ball bat. And uh, praise the Lord. 
And uh, it's awesome, man. So anyway, it's been a great 16, 17 months, and we've ticked the devil off, and I love it because he's a chump. He's a bum. He's defeated. He is no good for it. I mean, like, he ain't even worth consulting about anything. I had a friend of mine tell me, he said, just understand this. Dogs don't bark at tombstones. They only bark at something moving. I said, well, we must be moving because there's a lot of barking. Amen. Amen. So that's how we got connected and wound up here and praise God for it all. Amen. So, Pastor Todd asked me, I don't know, it was a few months back. He said, hey, I want you to come back and preach. I said, okay. He said, I want you to preach on a Sunday morning. I said, okay. And he said, and I want you to preach on faith. I said, okay. I like that. I preach on faith and teach on faith. I'm going to say 85% of the time. And that's been over the last 20 something years because I understood a long time ago if I have faith, in other words, if I just believe what that book says, put it in my heart, put that out of my mouth, I'll have everything that God designed for me to have. And I realized a long time ago that there's a deficiency in the body of Christ when it comes to faith. People have faith to get saved and then they turn faith off most of the time for anything else that the word has to offer. Where, where I believe people don't understand that when you get born again, you've stepped in now into a different life. It, it's, I can't teach on the covenant like y'all can, but I'm just telling you, I do understand that when you get born again, it's a new covenant. I'm in covenant with God and everything God has to offer, which is a lot, by the way. And I don't know everything he has to offer. I'm still searching, but when I find something I don't know that belongs to me, I'm like, okay, I'll take that too then, God. Because if Jesus paid for me to have everything in this book, for me to sit on my blessed assurance in a pew and talk about I don't know if that's God's will is just not smart. I'm still trying to figure out what filter I have to use here, so I'll just say not smart. If you come to Kentucky, I'll use a different word. It won't be cussing, but it'll be different. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Let's go, to, uh, just look at Hebrews eleven six. I think I might have given it to the media team. I'm not sure, maybe. This is why I teach on faith. This is why I preach about faith. Because if you want to please God, it is impossible to please him without faith. You don't please God with church attendance, although you should be in church. You don't please God with how many orphans you feed, although you should. You don't please God with how many people you visit in jail, although you should. You don't please God with how many people you pray for, although you should. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So you can do all of that and have no faith and it's not pleasing to God. Because I've seen many people visit people with no faith. I've seen many people lay hands on people with no faith. Well, Lord, if it's your will to heal them, then go right ahead. I'm like, that is not a smart prayer because God already told us in his word that it is his will that Jesus took stripes on his back 
for us to be made whole. So I already know it's his will. So in the name of Jesus, whatever sickness is in this body, I command you and adjure you by the authority of Jesus given to me, get out of their body in Jesus' name. Amen. Now that's faith. That's not the neutered American gospel. That's the gospel of Jesus. Amen. Faith is aggressive. Now you can be aggressive and be quiet. I'm aggressive and not quiet. If you're quiet, you don't have to be loud like me. It's okay. As long as you know what the word says and then use that. You couldn't find a Christian on planet earth. I'm talking a born again Christian. Not, not one that just says they know Jesus. Well, I know God. That's generic. Because God can be anything to anybody. Amen. You won't find a born again Christian says, well, I hope it's God's will that I'm saved. No, if you were like me, I'm thinking there's no way but up here. I'm at the bottom. I have no way out of this life. That's good. I didn't, I didn't ask the preacher if he thought it was God's will that I be saved. When I got to the no, this is no slap on anybody on the back row, so don't take offense. When I went to church, I went to the back row because I was looking for a way out if need be. I wasn't a church goer. I didn't like church people. I didn't want anything to do with what you're doing. But I came to a place in life where I knew I have to do something different. And according to what this other man told me, God is that different. So I went to church. No one had to tell me that it was God's will to save me. No one had to talk me into it. When the preacher got done, I was beating a trail down that aisle to get to that altar. I did not know how to pray. He said, he said what are you here for? I said, I'm here to get saved. He goes, okay. It was his first sermon. He didn't know what he was doing either. I'm just telling you. He said, well, we need to pray. I said, okay. He said, well, let's pray. I said, pray, dude. I don't know how to pray. I said, you know, in other words, lead me in a prayer. Help me. So he led me in a prayer. I'm down on my knees. I'm repeating what he's saying, but I'm meaning it. Like, I'm not repeating it just to get a, just to get a count of hands in the room so we can put it on a piece of paper somewhere and talk about, talk about Monday morning in the restaurant at breakfast. Well, bless God, we had... No, when he, t whatever was coming out of his mouth was coming out of my mouth right out of my heart. And I knew when I got up out of that floor, I was born again. And I didn't even know what that meant. Like I didn't know I had to stop cussing. Because a lot of people I knew that were born again had never stopped cussing. So I went, I went for a few years, there wasn't a lot of difference there was difference, but not a lot of difference from before. I'd been told I couldn't read this book. 
you can't understand it, there's no sense in reading it. I mean, I agree. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I mean, if the Holy Ghost lives on me now, on the inside of me now, and I can understand it. So I was at home one day and I got my Bible out and you know, it looked like a family Bible. It was, you had to roll it around on the dolly to get it anywhere. Praise the Lord. And I got my Bible out and I opened that Bible up. I said, all right, Lord. If what, if what you say is true and the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me, then I can understand what's in these pages. So when I read this, I'm gonna read it and I'm gonna believe you that I can understand what's here. Not in my head, but in my spirit. This is where revelation comes, not in your head. I'm telling I promise you, everyone in here is smarter than me. And just pretty well every room I ever go in, they're smarter than I am. But your smarts won't cut it against somebody that's got revelation. They'll run circles around you. Now, I'm not, I, listen, I'm not against you being smart. I think, praise the Lord. But what I'm saying is, just smart won't cut it. Take that and match it with the revelation that the Holy Ghost can give you. Listen, God is smarter than all of us put together. So we need to be leaning on God and understanding what his word says so that we can then apply that word and use that currency, faith and the word put together to pull the things out of the kingdom of heaven into our life, amen. So without faith, it is impossible to please God. What is faith? Faith is a living power that draws itself from the living word of God and produces living proof in real life. See, I don't hear that much. I used to hear it before Jesus say that again. I'm like, all right. I'll say it again, because I didn't stutter the first time. I was loud then too, praise God. It got me in trouble. Faith is a living power that draws itself from the living word of God and produces, and produces living proof in real life. Every one of you born again have been given a measure of faith and it will be up to you what you do with it. You can carry that little measure all the way to heaven or you can expand that measure. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. Now I'm gonna do my best to get to Mark 11 and I've preached out of Mark 11, 22 through 24, I don't even know how many times. It's thousands, surely. If you don't understand that passage of scripture, then you'll miss the concept of faith. There is more to faith than you sitting in a corner thinking in yourself it's gonna happen. 
You have to release your faith with your mouth. Faith has action. No, no action, you saying you have faith and no action is just pointless. James said it, right? So we, we say it like this in West Kentucky. Dead dogs don't have puppies and dead faith won't produce a miracle. I've heard this question multiple times in my life since being born again. What, what I'm about to say is I'm not bragging at all. I'm just telling you this has been my life since being born again. I have, I have laid these hands on tens of thousands of people. I've watched some of those people die. I just don't understand what happened. I do. People don't like it. And there'll be people in this room don't want to hear it. But he said, I had liberty. You sure? In that Bible, on that podium, and the one you have in your lap, Jesus not one time ever turned anybody away that had faith. Not one time. That's the key. You cannot take a circumstance, a situation, and put it above the word of God and create a doctrine. Because if you do, you've created a false one that's based on your thinking. Can't do it. Our, our doctrine and our theology and our thinking has to be based on the word of God. Everywhere Jesus went, he healed them all except Mark 6, he's in his own hometown Let me tell you about preaching in your hometown. I got like 20 sermons on that. I got scars to prove the sermon. I don't know if I gave you guys Mark 6 or not. I don't think I did. Mark 6. Verse 4. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now look at this. Was Jesus any less mighty in his hometown? Was he any less Jesus in his hometown? No. But to them he was. To them he was just Joseph's son, the carpenter's boy. They didn't recognize him for who he was and look what it cost them. It cost them. It cost some of them their life. 
It cost that area a move of God. It cost them experiencing the Messiah who was standing in their midst and they could not recognize him. And I'm telling you, as sure as I'm breathing here this morning, there are people all over the body of Christ that can't recognize the Messiah when he's standing in their midst because they're too hung up in their head and they can't get in the Bible and see who he really is. They've created an image of who Jesus is because their aunt passed away that they prayed for who was a good Christian because they didn't understand the principles of faith, how to put it in their heart and dig their heels in and not give up until they had what Jesus said we could have. Amen. Now I'm coming back tonight, I hope, so you better get just get over it now if you're offended. Because I'm not here to offend anybody. I'm telling you, I've buried people that I, I wanted to see live. I buried my mama and I wanted to see her live. I buried my daddy and I wanted to see him live. And I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. As I watched my dad having a full-blown stroke, tearing a bed apart, and knew he was dying, the faith preacher, standing by the bed thinking, what do I do? So no one's exempt from what I'm telling you. What I should have done is jumped up in that bed, straddle him like I was fixing to ride a horse. That's what I should have done. You know why I didn't? The same thing a lot of us don't. Fear of man. Now, if you think that's easy, it's easy for you to admit out there, but I'm standing up here in front of all of you. but I'm a different man now. See, you start seeing some things, you're like, man, I blew that, and I blew that, and I blew that, and I'm done blowing it. Amen. You know, when Jesus run everybody out of that room, said, ah, she's just asleep. That was faith. She was dead. I'm talking graveyard dead. Dead as a hammer dead. Nah, she's just asleep. Now I'll give you the West Kentucky translation. <laughs> she's just asleep. She'll be all right. See, I, I, I'm not the guy that can give you all the Hebrew and the Greek, and, uh, and that's great. I love it. But I can give you the hillbilly. I can give you the West Kentucky. I can get, so it's a translation of its own. Amen. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick folk or sick people and healed them. And then he left. And it said he went on a preaching circuit. Preaching and teaching and healing. See, I've learned this about I've learned this about preaching and teaching. People won't do what they're not taught. If you're not ever taught to give, you won't give unless you just stumble into it, which is kind of what we did. It, it, if you're not ever taught about healing, you'll not experience it unless you just stumble into it one day. Amen. Getting tired in here. It didn't get tired all at once. It's still right. Amen. Faith is what unlocks heaven in your life. It took you faith to get born again. I don't, I don't, know, where, I don't know where we... Mm. 
I got about 20 years of preaching trying to come out at one time. It's an issue. He could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief. Unbelief, listen, is taking sides against the word of God. When you get into unbelief, you're just taking sides against the word of God. Well, you know what the word of God says. Well, I know what it says, but, well, there's your first problem. Your butt's in the way. Move it. It should be this. Oh, I know what the word of God says. And I'm glad you reminded me. So let's get out here and get on with it. Go ahead and drag that word out here. Let's find what the word says. I'm gonna build my case before the father. I'm gonna take it to him and say, okay, okay. You said remind you of what the word says. You said I had access to your throne to come in here boldly. So here I am with your word. And this is what your word says. And it also says that you're not a man that you can lie. And you're gonna come through on your word because I'm standing here believing that you're not a man that you could lie and that you're a holy God and that you back your word up and that Jesus' blood sealed it forever and I'm standing here quoting this word back to you out of my heart. I believe that what I say is gonna come to pass so I ain't leaving until I see a change. Now that's faith. That's hanging in there to the end, amen. Mark 11, I guess if I don't get done with this, we'll just have part two tonight. Because there's gonna be people here needing miracles. There's gonna be people here that need to be delivered. There's gonna be people here believing God to have a child. Because they've had miscarriages in the past. Well, the Bible tells me in the book of Exodus that there be no miscarriages in your land. Amen. So that's the kind of stuff you gotta get on. You just say, well, okay, I understand what, what has happened up until now, but I found something out in the word. So you listen to me, body. You listen to me. You're gonna carry that seed until it's time to give birth. Come on, ladies, help a brother out up here. That's a different message. I gotta... So Jesus answered and said to them, he's talking to his disciples who were amazed that what Jesus said would actually work. Remember they walked by, he cursed a fig tree and kept on walking. Peter the next morning, hey, that tree's dead. That's how I would have said Peter probably said, Master, thou treest is deadest. Lookest at thatest. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Or literally, have the God kind of faith. Now let me ask you, do you think when God said let there be light, he was wringing his hands hoping it would work? There's a big difference in hope and faith. Some of you hope you pay your bills. Some of you hope you win the lottery. Well, maybe not here, but some places, right? So hope is just kind of out there. Faith is different than that. 
Faith is already assured it has what it's believing for. So he didn't doubt when he spoke to the tree, it was done. Nothing changed to the physical eye. And this is where people get off track. They'll pray a prayer, nothing changes to the physical eye, they're out. Must not have been God's will, preacher. I don't think you even know anything about God's will. Not you, the imaginary people that aren't here. See, that's the kind of praying I heard when I first got born again. You know, they're praying for somebody sick. Sounds good all the way to the end. Then they get to the end, and I'm thinking, we better start digging a hole for this guy. He ain't gonna make it. Well, Lord, if it's not your will, just give us the strength to accept it and bless God and just receive him. Now, I didn't know anything about the Bible, but the Holy Spirit was living in me going, uh-uh. Well, I didn't know what uh-uh meant. So I was at the house one day with that big rolled in the room with the Dolly Bible, and I turned over to Jesus in the garden because they all told me that's why we pray like that because that's how Jesus prayed. I thought, well, I mean, I want to pray like Jesus, so I guess that's the way I got to pray. And I, and I would pray that way. And every time I'd say amen, I'm like, that felt dirty. That don't feel right. You know what I'm saying? You ever done that? Like in the spirit of God, you're like, hmm. I don't know where that's at in scripture, but that don't feel right. Well, the Holy Spirit knows where it's all at. So I got my Bible out again. I, I just opened it up to that passage. I said, okay, Lord, I know I'm probably, that may not be the most reverent way to approach God, but I'm like, I want to know. I want to know. Because I hear them say one thing, yet I don't see you saying that. I want to know, is this really how Jesus prayed? So I read it, and I read it out loud. Like, you know, God didn't know what it said, but I read it out loud so he could hear it. I'm telling you, man, I am as simple as a broom handle, so you just got to bear it with me. I just read it out loud where God could hear it. I said, God, this is what they say, that Jesus prayed this way, so that's why they pray. And I mean, like as clear as a bell, like he had a microphone on the inside of me. He said, he knew my will, they don't. Okay. That changed everything for me. I never prayed that way again. It was over. Now you think about it. When you, read, when you read that story of Jesus in the garden, his flesh is saying, hey, mm -mm, I want out of this. The spirit man's crying out saying, if this is what you want, I'm in. What is that? That's the faith of God. It's going past a seen circumstance to get the unseen result. Amen. All right, I don't know. Where did I lay it? Oh, it's up here. Okay. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. I need to just carry this TV screen around because it's got a long cord on it. <clears throat> so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God for assuredly I say to you, watch, whoever says to this mountain, some of you in here have a mountain. 
It's a mountain of sickness. It's a mountain of debt. It's a mountain of broken relationship, whatever. It's a mountain you just need a good car. Whoever says that this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his, not your blood pump, your spirit. That's the heart of man. That's the core of man or woman. I'm not leaving you out, ladies. That's the heart of a human. That's what he's talking about, your core, your spirit. And does not doubt it, we can say it like that, in his spirit, but believes that those things he says will be done, he'll have what? Now whatever you say in that kind of praying will be according to the word of God. I'm not talking about just some out there kind of prayer. He's talking about a prayer because God's not gonna answer that kind of prayer. God's not gonna answer a prayer that's against his will. You understand? So if you know the will of God, you can go to God and have the God kind of faith. You can say out of your mouth what the word of God says and listen, you can't lie when you say what God says. And you can't be wrong which would help some of you who think you're never wrong that you are sometimes. But if you say the word of God, you're never wrong. Was there any of that left? Yeah. Therefore I say to you. You know, in that, in that passage of scripture, he said pray one time and say three times. Now I know a lot of people don't believe in confession to help you that's where you're wrong because you're getting what you're saying I've watched a lot of people dig their grave one mouthful at a time I've watched a lot of people lose their marriage one bite at a time because they have no control over what comes out of their mouth gate because their heart is not full of the word it's full of everything the world fed them he said, therefore I say to you, whatever thing you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Notice he didn't say just keep on believing, brother. Keep me in prayer. I'm gonna pray for you now because I'll forget tomorrow. So let's just pray now. We prayed for a guy yesterday. We're standing in a store. He starts talking about all this stuff that's wrong with him. Hey, tomorrow, tomorrow, would you say a prayer for me at that service? I'm thinking, dude, I'll forget you're on planet Earth tomorrow. Huh? No, I said, let's pray now. He just kind of looked at us. So we just laid hands on him and started praying. I'm like, what are you supposed to do? I have hands. He has a need. Jesus said, if you lay hands on people that have that, they'll recover. So I'm like, It's just simple math. I, I mean, it's a, the gospel's good for people like me because the gospel's simple. Just do what Jesus did. Man, we're praying to get Jesus kind of results. Are you doing what he did? No, we got this program. Not gonna get them. Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Do what he did. Just do what he did. Pray the will of the Father into the earth. And by the way, there's a man here with us who taught a message on intercessory prayer, the best, I'm telling you, five star. He's sitting right there on the third row. You need to go to our website and listen to it. And I, that's not a plug to get hits. I'm telling you, it is 
five star, the will of God coming out of heaven through us back to God. It's a masterpiece. That's how to pray. Jesus prayed that way. We need to pray that way. I'm learning about prayer. I mean, I've learned more in 17 months than I knew my entire life about prayer. I didn't even know how to pray up until 17 months ago. Like, we're gonna, I'm thinking we're gonna pray for 45 minutes? At one time? What? Do we get snacks in between? Like, we... Now, who's honest? You know what I'm saying. It's like, we're gonna do that four times a week? Man, I'm breaking out in hives. I'm like, I'm leading this thing. Dear Lord, what is going on? But I understand that's how Jesus, Jesus is praying the will of the Father. Pray the will of the Father. So I wanna have great faith. Then get in the word, put it in you, and then put it out of your mouth. Put your faith to work. I put my faith to work. I say things out of my mouth that shock people, but it's coming from the word of God. I'm like, it ain't wrong. Y'all just gotta get in line. Amen. And now, faith, like I'm talking about, what time is it? Are we good? Oh, man, I gotta land the plane and I don't even have the wheels out. That ain't what he said, though. I can't. The faith I'm talking about and the gift of faith are two different things. What will happen tonight in these waters? You'll see that gift in operation. Now, I don't know who is in every pool. I don't know who, but I know Pastor Marty's going to be in this one. And I've, I've watched him for the last 17 months. And I'm not picking on him or trying to highlight. I'm just saying what I've seen. And I've watched him operate in that gift because the reality is there are people that will get in that water. They're like, I made it. I just do something. I believe, watch this, while the sun's on the ground foaming at the mouth, I believe, help my unbelief. In other words, I believe you can do it, Jesus but I got a problem up here, it's in the way. Well, you can have faith to get something from God and doubt in your head, but you can't doubt in your heart and believe in your head and get anything. It ain't gonna happen, it won't happen. So, there'll be people that get in these waters tonight. They believe God can do it. They're just not sure up here if he will, but the people that are operating in those pools, operating in the gift of faith, now can get a miracle into their life. Amen. Pastor Karen, I heard at the women's conference, because I watched it, it was awesome, that you were believing for six pools to be in operation in this house on a regular basis. Right? And I know you believe it. Here's something else I'll tell you about faith and then I'm out. Two people can agree touching anything. And as soon as I heard you say that, I just about threw my phone through the ceiling. I was like, oh, I'm in. Six it is then. So, oh, that's a lot. Yeah, I know, get busy. Say, so we're already busy. Go to another gear. We, listen, 
We're gonna have to keep finding gears until Jesus comes. There, there's no, there's no, boy, we're doing good now. We're gonna hit cruise control, do it. Go ahead and hit cruise control. Like the long laundry list of denominations that have hit cruise control and are crashing head first. So you better be careful about cruise control. Throw that out the window, remove the brake pedal, and mash the gas all the way to glory because that's where we're headed, amen? So in the name of Jesus, I come into covenant with you. Oh no, we're going all the way with this thing. In the name of Jesus, I decree and I declare in Jesus' name, this house will be known for a place of miracles. I decree six open pools in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I decree it. I declare it, and so shall it be in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, somebody. Come on, praise the Lord. Hey, the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. My God. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. He's so good. Man. I can't, I can't think of your name. Please forgive me. But I heard your testimony. We're just talking in the back. What's your name? Katya. Sorry, I couldn't remember it. I, I watched her testimony talking about her son. And I've been fired up about it ever since I heard it. And I heard what she said in the testimony. She just said it to me back there. She said, the speech is coming. I said, hey, you better believe it's coming. Oh, you better believe it's coming. Amen, it's coming. Now get this. I didn't know where she was gonna sit. And I told Sue a week ago, I said, I'm gonna tell you something. Something's gonna happen on the right side of that room. I don't know what's gonna happen. She goes, what are you talking about? I said, I don't know what I'm talking about. But five or six different times, I've seen myself standing on the right side of that room. I'm like, and so the whole time during worship, I'm almost done, I promise, we're circling, burning off fuel. That's how it goes. <laughs> you know, you understand? Some of y'all like, man, I got a connected flight at KFC. They'll be there, you're fine, you're fine. It's okay. So I'm standing here during worship and I'm looking around. You know, I'm looking for a beam of light or an angel pointing or, you know, something. I'm like, God, that side of the room, what's over there? I'm looking, people are like, what's that dude looking at? What is he, a weirdo? What is he? I'm looking. You know, it's like everybody's over going, turn around and worship. No, I'm looking. Then I get up here and look over there, and there you are. Amen and amen and amen. Y'all stand up. You okay if I lay my hands on you and pray for you? I ask, because, you know, sometimes you lay hands on a grown man, he's liable to hit you, so I don't get carried away here. Father, in the name of Jesus, I join my faith with this couple. I say in Jesus' name, that baby is healed and whole and he'll jump over every hurdle that the enemy put in front of him to try to stop him. I declare and decree he'll be a great voice for the kingdom of heaven. In the name of Jesus, I declare he'll speak the word of God all over the earth for the glory of God and to the shame of the devil. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 
Hey, hey, come on, somebody, praise the Lord. Hey, come on, somebody, praise the Lord. Oh, the Lord is good. My goodness. I feel like we got in that current. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on all over this room, just bow your head. If you're in this room and you're not born again, there is no need in you leaving here today in that same condition. No way should you leave here not knowing Jesus. If you're backslidden, come home. Come home. All over this room, if you don't know Jesus as Savior, or you're backslidden and know, man, I need to repent and get straight with God. I want to see your hand in the air right now. Anywhere in this room. Up high if it's you. Well then now I'll charge every believer. Find a lost person. Hey, this ain't a social club for the saved. Get lost people in this house. Get them in a place where God's doing something. I can tell you from experience and so can every other preacher in this room, God's not welcome everywhere. And the instant he tries to break in and break out, men typically will run him out because somehow God's got to fit a box they can control. That's the most faithless life. This house, it is a house of faith. So I can tell you, what, what you have here, it's unlike anything I've ever witnessed. Now, listen, I'm not saying that to get brownie points. I'm not trying to say that to get Pastor Todd to like me. He already likes me. So I'm, you know. First time we came here, when I walked in the front door out in that foyer, Sue and I knew. Like, wow, it's a pretty good feeling, you know. I mean, I ain't one of those feeling kind of guys, but every once in a while you get a feeling. Yeah, every once in a while you get a goosebump. Every, every, something happens, you're like, oh man, I thought alarm was going off. I'm like, I'm really done now. I said, something's different. Man, I come in here for prayer, I can't even hardly pray. The presence of God is so strong, I just cry. I'm like, what is wrong with you, man? Suck it up. You people have all these ideas when they, you know, when I get before the Lord, I'm gonna do this. I said, no, you ain't. You ain't gonna do anything you think you're gonna do. So whatever you think you're gonna do, forget it. I already know. I'm gonna be at his feet for like a million years crying. Get a big bottle, Jesus, because I'm going to have a lot of tears. 
sir, you got a, a long sleeve, is it a white shirt, a tan shirt standing right there? Yes, sir, you. You mind if I pray for you? We good? Lord just pointed, pointed you out to me. I don't know you, never talked to you before. As far as I know, I've never seen you. You're marked by heaven. Many people have marked you in the past for other things. God has marked you for his work in the kingdom. Now, I don't know exactly what that means. I, I, don't, I don't claim to be a prophet. I'm just telling you what I know in my heart. But in your alone time with God, ask Him what He wants you to do and obey every word. Don't negotiate up here. Don't let this be a hang-up. Receive it right here from heaven. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Y'all should have sat on the right side this morning. If you'd have done that, it would have been like a boat taking on water. would have been listed. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm excited about tonight. See what God will do. Who knows what's in store, right? He does. So let's get the mind of God on it. Amen. I love every one of you. And I'm telling you, God has more in store for us than we could ever imagine. So as long as we stay hooked with him, we can see those unimaginable things become reality. Amen? Amen. I love y'all.